A very familiar passage of Scripture, Jeremiah chapter 11, what we're going to look at. If you have uh, a graduate, have been a graduate in the last uh, 20 years or so, then you've definitely read this passage of Scripture. Uh, it's kind of one of those passages that's used often, this graduation passage. And so we're going to look at Jeremiah chapter 11 and verse 29. You, or, did I say chapter 11? Chapter 20, 29 and verse 11. Say that backwards. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. I'll give you a chance to get there since I got you all confused. We had a wonderful Christmas and uh, enjoyed our time with family and friends and uh, still enjoying it. We have one more still coming, so uh, that's always an exciting time for us. But it does seem like by the time you get to Christmas, it's like you know work and school and here with the different things that we do, and uh, by the time you get to Christmas, you've celebrated it about 25 times, it seems like. It's like, okay, Merry Christmas yet again, and uh, but anyway, we're almost to the new year. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would uh, meet with us today around your word. That, God, we would be able to see your great love for us and your great desire to work in our lives and our homes and our church. The Lord, you would help us to catch a glimpse of the expected end that you have, that we would embrace it and cooperate with you toward it. And, Father, we will thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. God's uh, speaking to the uh, children of Israel here. They have been taken captive and they're struggling with some discouragement. Uh, there's a lot of issues going on. In fact, if you would go, please, to verse 4, and we'll kind of read through this. It says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives. That's who he's talking to, this, this group of people that have been carried away captive. And, and life isn't going exactly what they would, would hope for, exactly what they might have anticipated at this point. But God doesn't want to leave them sitting there. And he says this great passage to the children of Israel, I want you to have peace. I want you to come to a certain place in your life, an expected end. And that is an end that you can trust me with, that you can trust me for. And it becomes a real challenge for us, especially when you read the next part of verse 4. Uh, listen to what it says. To all who have been carried away captives. Who's talking, by the way? Who's the one doing the talking? Thus saith the Lord God of the hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captive. Look what it says. Whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. This is a tough one. You know, this is, he, he's dealing with this group of people who are where they don't really want to be, and he doesn't back away. God says, and I'm the reason you're there. You see this? God says, you are where you don't want to be, and I am the reason that you are right there. Now, maybe that's uh, many of you sitting here. Your uh, circumstances of life have changed. Uh, we have people who are dealing with deaths in their families. We have people who are dealing with cancer and, and health issues. We have people who, uh, whose other circumstances in life uh, you know, have changed dramatically or, or haven't changed dramatically, and, and whatever it might happen to be. And so here you are, and you're where you don't really want to be, and now you're faced with a God 
who without apology says, and you're right where I want you to be. You're right where I want you to be. And that's a real challenge. Uh, God, God just simply puts it right out there. He doesn't, and there's no apology. There's nothing. You're captive, and I'm the one that put you there. But I want you to remember something. I want you to know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. That's what God wants us to focus on. That's what God wanted the children of Israel to focus on. And as you and I enter into this uh, relationship with the Lord in the New Testament, God wants us to focus on the expected end. Uh, we have a, a new year coming upon us, and I'm going to ask you, you know, as we, as we get to this point next year, where does God want you to be? As we get to this point next year, does God have in mind, if the Lord tarries and doesn't come back for us, or if the Lord allows us to stay breathing on this planet, if we get to this point next year, where does God want this next year to end for us? Not just only our life, but just think about it in terms of just this next year, of how we might allow God to work. So God doesn't back away. He says, I've, I've put you here, but I don't want you to forget what I think about you. Go on to verse 5, and I want you to see what God is expecting and desiring for the children of Israel. And, and I know that this is Old Testament. I know it's the children of Israel. But there's principles, and we're going to apply the principles of the New Testament to this, uh, to us as the children of God. But here's what God says to the children of Israel. Build your houses and dwell in them. Plant gardens. Eat the fruit of them. Don't sit still. Don't stop and, and whine and don't stop and, and uh, complain. Uh, don't focus on where you are, but focus on what I have in store for you. And the way that focus looks is you move on with life. You don't stop. You don't quit. But instead, build your houses and live in them. Plant a garden and eat the fruit of it. Move forward in life. God has plans for us. And those plans are not evil. Those plans are good to bring us to a place. And so he says, don't quit. Keep moving. Move forward. And while you're moving, trust me. Look at verse 6. He says, take your wives. Have sons and daughters. Take your wives for your sons and your daughters for husbands. That they may... Bear sons and daughters, that you may increase. In other words, it's not over. Don't quit. There is a future in store. We're breathing. We're alive. God hasn't deserted us. And he says, I want you to keep moving, not just for you, but for your sons and for your sons' sons. I want you to expect that as long as I'm allowing you to breathe, I have something in store for you. And my thoughts are not evil. And while you may not be where you want to be right now, that's not where I intend for you to stay. And while I may have brought you to this point, I haven't deserted you. But my thoughts toward you are thoughts of peace to bring you to an expected end. In verse 7, he says, and seek the peace of the city, whither I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it, 
for in the peace thereof ye shall have peace. So God says, listen, here's what you do. As you're where you do not want to be, because I have placed you there. What you do is you pray for the future that's ahead. You pray for that place where you belong, that that place would be a place of peace, because when peace comes to that place, peace comes to you. God says to the children of Israel, pray for Israel, pray for Jerusalem, because when that place has peace, you will have it. And he's constantly focusing them away from the circumstance that they're in and into what he has in store for them. You and I get caught up sometimes in our lives that are difficult. Uh, life, you know, the, the Job says, man is born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. And it is very easy if we're not careful to look around at our circumstances and see everything that is not going the way we expected, the way we hoped, the way we thought it should. And it's easy if we're not careful because we're focused on that to miss the bigger picture. And God says to the children of Israel, I know where you are. And I know it's not where you want to be. But I also know what I have in store for you. And if you will focus on what I have in store for you, then this little season that you're in will go by much easier. And you'll learn how to trust me in a much greater fashion. So what I want to look at is, what is it that God has in store? Well, there's one more thing he says to the children of Israel before we jump into you know, our side of this in the New Testament. Look in verse 8. It says, For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams which ye cause to be dreamed. Here's what God is saying to children of Israel. Quit being driven around by other people and by your own feelings. You're where you do not want to be. You're not, this isn't what you anticipated your life would be at this moment. But if you're not careful, you're going to get caught up in that moment and you're going to miss what I have for you. And God says to the children of Israel, quit being pulled around by what other people are saying and quit being pulled around by what you think and what you feel and instead learn to trust this truth. And then he gets to the great verse. For I know the thoughts that I have for you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. And I don't know where many of you are, but I know where some of you are. And some of you are where you do not want to be. And it's difficult to face a God who, without apology, says to you, you're right where I want you. This is where you need to be. Because God's goal is greater than what we can see at the moment. God's goal is the expected end. So I want to talk to us about that expected end. I want you to think about it in terms of these things. Personally, what does God have in store for you? I want you to be asking yourself, what, does God, what is God's end goal for me personally as a, as a child of God? And then my family. What is God's end goal for my family? What is it that God has in store for my family? And then as a church, Southeast Baptist, let's consider, what does God have in store for us as a church? 
Now, I'm, I, I know that the ultimate is the great, you know, we, we, we are looking for that city whose builder and maker is God. I, I'm aware that the ultimate has nothing to do with this here and now. But I love the fact that God is not only a God of the celestial, but that our God is a God of the here and now. Do you remember what David said in, in Psalm 27, verse 14? He said, I had fainted. I would have quit. I would have stopped believing in God unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Right here, right now. God wants to show us his goodness. His thoughts toward us are thoughts of peace and not of evil. To bring us to an expected end. So I want to talk to us about that expected end. What is it that God has in store for us? Let's take a listen to uh, some of the things in the New Testament God has in store for us. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, Whom, having not seen, ye love. In whom, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice. And then he gives us that great passage that we quote all the time, but we miss the first part of the verse. You may know what the rest of it says? With joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Do you believe, like I do, that, it, that God's expected end for us, for his children, is that we would learn to rejoice in the Lord always? And again, I say, rejoice. That God does not want us, in the midst of circumstances that aren't what we expected, in the midst of a, of a situation that's not what we desire, God doesn't want us to forget that that has nothing to do with his ability to give us joy. Because my joy comes from him, not from my circumstance. Now, would I be happy if you gave me a million dollars? You can try it. We'll see. But if you don't give me a million dollars, do I have to be unhappy Do I have to lose my joy because the circumstances aren't a certain way? That's not what God has in store for his children. God's thoughts toward us are good thoughts. They're thoughts of peace and not of evil. God's one great desire is that we would learn how to find joy in him regardless of what life is like. So if we are taken captive and taken to Babylon away from our homeland... And we can only dream about our homeland. We should still be able to have joy. Unspeakable and full of glory. What a great God that we have. Romans chapter 5 verse 2 says this. By whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And rejoice in hope. Of the glory of God. We have access. We have grace. We have hope. These are the things that God has in store for his children. In fact, our access is so great that it's described like this in the scripture. We come boldly under the throne of grace. And there we find grace to help in time of need. What a great God that we have. So the circumstances might not be going exactly the way we want. We may be like Israel. We may be thrown out into the the. the Babylonian provinces and 
and in slavery and, and our circumstances may not be what we expected and anticipated. Life may not be exactly what we had hoped for, but that has nothing to do with my ability to be able to go boldly into the throne of grace and there find grace to help in time of need. We have access to the Father through Jesus Christ. That hasn't changed. My circumstances cannot take that access away from me. Nothing about my life can change that I have the opportunity to step into the presence of my Heavenly Father and pour my heart out to Him and ask Him things. And by the way, who I am asking is important because He knows how to give good gifts unto His children. And when I ask for bread, He doesn't give me a stone. When I ask for fish, He doesn't give me a serpent. He knows how to give good gifts unto His children. He knows how to take care of us. But if I get my focus on the stuff around me and I get my eyes off of Jesus, I miss it. I miss it. I know, He says, I know the thoughts that I have toward you. And obviously He wants us to know because He's telling us. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. John chapter 14. Jesus is speaking. He says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, but I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Be not afraid. Neither let it be afraid. I'm sorry. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. We have a peace that passes understanding. And so while life isn't exactly what I had anticipated, while life isn't exactly what I thought it might be, rather than focusing on Babylon, God wants me to focus on Him and the joy unspeakable and full of glory that He gives, the access that He gives me to His grace and to the hope that comes with that, to the peace that passes understanding that God offers to us. If I take my eyes for a few minutes off of my circumstance, I might see a God who hasn't deserted me and who's working to bring me to an expected end. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, God says this, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord, What is the expected end that God has for us? He wants us to be victorious. He wants us to be steadfast, unmovable. He wants us to abound in the work of the Lord, remembering the end of the story rather than where we are at this moment. Remembering that our labor is not in vain in the Lord, but to keep our eyes on Jesus. If we're not careful, we get our eyes on the circumstance And it's discouraging. We're like the children of Israel. And we're out there struggling to trust a God who has put us into captivity. We're struggling because we're focused on the captivity. Rather than focusing on the God who is going to bring us to an expected end. He has great things in store for us. In Romans chapter 8 verse 28. You all know it. You can quote it with me probably. It says, for all things work together for good to them that love God, to them are the 
called according to his purpose. And we stop there too often, but we need to get to verse 29. Because verse 29 tells us what God thinks is good. Verse 29 basically tells us what God views as the end that he's bringing us to. For whom he did foreknow. Them also did he predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. You see how that works? You see, God has in store. When God views me, not only does he right now see me clothed in the righteousness of Christ because of his grace, but he also sees the finished product. When this mortal shall have finally put on immortality, And I won't just be like Jesus because I'm clothed in his righteousness. I will be changed into the image of his son. What a glorious thought. And when God sees us, folks, he's already seeing the end in view. And sometimes he says to us, you know what you need, John? In order to make you more like my son, I need you to go over here to Babylon for a while. Because Babylon will help you become like Jesus. And I haven't deserted you, and I haven't left you, and I'm not angry at you. I love you so much that I'm going to help you be like Jesus. Go to Babylon. And then, John, while you're there, remember this. I know the thoughts that I have for you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. This is what God has in store. Ephesians chapter 6 goes through the putting on the whole armor of God. Do you remember why we're supposed to put on the whole armor of God? That you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, that we might withstand. If you read through that passage, stand, withstand, stand, 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 stand. God has something. You know what God's doing for us when he allows us to go to Babylon? Not just allows when he ships us off to Babylon, you know what he's doing? He's strengthening us to be able to stand one day. For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of God. And when we do, coming out of Babylon, stand clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He has an expected end God has not deserted you. He's not forgotten about you. It's not that God is trying to punish you. There's nothing evil in God's plan. The circumstance that you see yourself in, if it seems to be horrific, is because there's a loving God who's accomplishing something. And we can trust him to do that. So from Babylon, he says to the children of Israel, pray for peace. Quit following your feelings. Go ahead, build houses. Go ahead, move into them, plant gardens, eat the fruit, marry, have children, let your kids marry, let them have kids. There's a future, and the future is not bleak. So as we look at our families, what does God have in store? Do we think that God is also working to make my family look more like his son? Do we think that God is working to make my family look more like that perfect family that he anticipated that he expected that he is now in everyone in my immediate family my my son my daughter my son-in-law my daughter-in-law I'm sorry and my wife and myself you know what 
we all know Jesus Christ, our Savior. All of us. So what is keeping us from having joy unspeakable, full of glory, a peace that passes understanding? What is keeping us from being more like Jesus Christ? And God wants to work in every family unit here to make that family unit a greater reflection of the God who loves us enough to bring us to an expected end. What is the expected end for Southeast Baptist Tabernacle? I mean, I know that we work for the night is coming. I know that one day we anticipate the trumpet calls and and away we go and we're done. But God actually, do you believe this? That God actually can see what he has in store for this body of believers that calls themselves Southeast Baptist Tabernacle. And that those thoughts, that vision that God has, are thoughts of peace and not of evil. To do things that we, so that we, uh, like the children of Israel who are standing at the edge of the, uh, at the, edge of the Jordan River, and, and uh, Joshua says to them, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Remember that? I have not seen, neither ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man what God has in store for those who love him. What might God have in store for this body of believers? And it's easy for us sometimes to get caught up in the circumstance. Look at the things that we don't have. You know, we don't have this. I mean, if, you, if you're in uh, Ernie Locke's Sunday school class, you need to go up there and look. Uh, it's a, literally a 12-foot by 12-foot room. There are 18 chairs set up in Ernie Locke's Sunday school class. They're not space. We don't have it. The kids just kind of wedge themselves in and sit and listen because there's no space. We could, we could focus on what we don't have. Don't have enough of this. Don't have enough of that. Don't have, but... God already sees what he has in store for this church. And what this church needs to do is not focus on those things that we, the circumstances that are in the way, and instead focus on the God who is bringing us to an expected end. And if we can do that, we will find joy unspeakable, peace that passes understanding, access to the Father like we've never known before, hope and grace that comes with that access. We'll find this strength to have victory in Jesus and to stand in the face of the battles that the devil puts in front of us. And we will find ourselves becoming more and more like his son.